I, I love it to be closer to you. Yes, I was looking forward. I didn't say anything because I, I want to I want to follow the routines or, or practices of all the churches. When I go um, to different churches, they do different things. And, uh, but I'm always looking for a way to get closer to the congregation. I believe it's the, it's the teacher heart that I have, uh, being close to um, the audience. I feel so comfortable being closer. I'm so happy that I'm, I'm here today. When I come to Naples, I make it a weekend appointment. I couldn't do it this time because my wife is not well. <clears throat> She's having this back pain, sciatica, and, uh, and she had this procedure where they blocked the pain. And, um, and she is recuperating from that. So uh, she was trying yesterday. She told me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And I said, no, just you know, rest. Um, we have been running around this conference for more than 20 years already in a different church every Sabbath, worshiping with the most beautiful church in North American Division, and that is Florida Conference. So um, coming to Naples is very special to me because Naples is like home for me. Every year, our family used to uh, vacation at Marco Island. Um, and I remember 35 years ago, my father brought us here to buy land. I believe it was $7,000 per acre back then. And we wanted to buy 20 acres. And there was this company, mortgage company, or, you know, they were making these announcements uh, of a beautiful ranch with horses and, and the, the white fence and uh, clean and beautiful. And, and they would say something like this, this land is yours. You remember that? Those who have been around for a long time. And uh, so, so he called the agency and we made an appointment and uh, we made it a family trip to come to Naples to buy land only to realize that, yes, there was a lot of land back then for a good price, but it was not what was in the picture <laughs> that they were advertising. Uh, we went to this, I would say, woods or forest, and, and they would say, well, from, from this tree all the way to that tree, and then 10, uh, 10, uh, 10 acres into it, this will be the parcel. This, was, this will be your, and you know, we didn't buy it. And now, now we um, <laughs> think about having 20 acres in Naples. And, um, but that was, that was, uh, that was the, the beginning of, falling in love with Naples and Marco Island and coming to Naples to, to vacation with my family. The most beautiful memories, memories that I will never forget. 
uh, they belong to this area here with my father that is now resting, waiting for Jesus to come. And my family and my brothers and um, beautiful times. Back then, we couldn't take the I-75. We needed to, we needed to drive to Miami Trail. Remember those times? Wow, I feel old already. But I'm saying this to say that um, coming to Naples, especially this church that I love with all my heart. Uh, I haven't been here in some time already, but I've done evangelistic crusades from this church um, and the other churches in the area. And I have to say, the church is beautiful. The church is, not only the building is beautiful, the building is beautiful, but the church is not the building. You are the church. And uh, the people of God, we are the church. And when we come together to worship together, to, to praise the Lord, to pray together, I want to say thank you to the worship team. Ah, every time I go to Naples, I enjoy the music. Oh, my Lord, it touches my heart. See young people participating, praising the Lord. Um, I wish we could have that everywhere. I pray, I pray for those congregations that don't have it yet. But I do believe that praising the Lord together, praying together, studying the Word of God together is something that we need every week, every Sabbath. So when Pastor Art invited me, I said, yes, I want to come, absolutely. And I, I wanted to make it a weekend appointment, but we, it, it didn't work this time. But I will come back, yes, to Naples, yes. And um, Pastor Art uh, said something that, um, yes, I will always look up to him. Yes, that is true. <laughs> yes. But he said that, um, that I have hair and he doesn't. I, and I would submit to you that you don't know what I'm hiding. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm losing my hair too. I'm, I'm still able to hide it a little bit, but uh, it's because my wife wants it this way. And I'm here to do what she says. Well, today, I want to say that the message that I want to share with you is for me. And I prayed, as I was meditating on the message, as I was arriving this morning, and I was saying, Lord, I know this message is for me. And I pray that when I open the word of God, your message is for your church too. And the topic of the message that I want to share with you, and I want to open my heart to you, has to do with something that is happening in our world today, in our society today, that has to do with attitude. Attitude. We're living in a world where people are not necessarily exercising good attitude. As a matter of fact, we're more divided than ever. And, and, um, and having a good attitude, as the Bible 
um, puts it, Apostle Paul is talking about having a good attitude. And then he is comparing the attitude that we need to exercise and show as like the attitude of Jesus. Oh, my Lord. That takes it to a totally different level. Because when you read the passage that I want to study with you today, you, you, you realize right away that everything in life, and as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, has to do or begins with attitude. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Ephesians chapter 4, and he is saying, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. In other words, there is a need of transformation for us. Somehow, we need to leave the old ways behind, our worldview, our opinions, right, that we're so willing to fight for in today's world. The old Wayne, the old self behind. And then he says, and to put off, in other words, take it off. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the Apostle Paul telling me, Alan, take that jacket or, or, the, or your, your clothes off because you cannot wear a bad attitude anymore. Put off your old self and, and see what he says. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. And that's the, that's the, the, the phrase that I want to underline today for you and for me. Is it possible? That's the question. Is it possible to leave the old ways behind, the hurt, the pain, right? Behind this desire of always trying to give others what they deserve, that needs to be left behind. And we need to put on a new attitude and then, then he says, created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. Do you believe that that is possible? Do you believe it's possible? Do you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to transform our lives, our hearts, our mind? Our attitude. Do you believe in that power? Because a lot of people, a lot of people come to me when I talk about attitude and they tell me, but pastor, I've been like this all my life. This is who I am. I'm too old to change. I inherited this way my character from my parents and grandparents. Yes, you heard them saying bad words, and now you're repeating them. Yes, you saw them 
not being nice, and now you're doing the same. Yes, you, you experience the lack of forgiveness, and now you're repeating the same behavior. That is called, in psychology, learned behaviors. They are really hard to get rid of. Learn behaviors. You behave the same way. There are triggers in your mind, in your heart, that are making you say certain things, act in a certain way, denied forgiveness to others, denied uh, confession to God, reconciliation, repentance. And we go through life wearing this bad attitude, thinking that everything is all right. When the Apostle Paul, when God through the Apostle Paul is telling us we need to change our attitude. I've taught my children since they were little kids that 50% of being successful in life has to do with three things. I always taught them, be on time always. Do you agree with me? Oh, I, I have this thing with being late that I get nervous, I get anxious. Being on time always, number one. Number two, I taught them, be presentable, always. It doesn't mean that you need to wear a suit or a tie. It means that you're going to be presentable. Um, a job, you're at home, in your job, in, in the church, in your community. And the third is the most important one. Sometimes you can get by, get by by getting to places late or maybe not being presentable, but the third that I taught them, always bring your best attitude. And I'm telling you this because I'm listening to my son. He came from Andrews. He um, graduated as an engineer in Andrews University, and now he's hunting for a job. And I'm, I hear him talking. It's a, it's a phone interview before he went for a in-person interview. And, and on, I believe that the person who was interviewing him asked him the question, what are your values? And it was, it was like fresh water in a, in a, in a hot day in a thirst for a thirsty soul. When I heard his answer, he said, well, my values are that I will always get there on time. I will always be presentable, and I will always bring the best attitude. And he got the interview. I tell them, yes, 50% of your success in life has to do with your attitude. The other 50% might be education, training, uh, skills, you know, all of that is important too, but I, I would submit to you that if you are always on time, presentable, and you bring a good attitude, there's always a job waiting for you, a responsibility waiting for you, 
you will have a place at the table all the time because I believe that people are running away from others who exercise or show bad attitude all the time. It's like you don't want them around. And now the Apostle Paul is saying, you have to be transformed. You have to change. There is an opportunity for you. Alan, you're not too old for that. So as I'm driving to the office to face challenges and a difficult meeting, I'm, I'm, I'm checking my, my heart. I'm asking the Lord, reveal to me what should be the attitude that I should exercise when I'm being presented with challenges and struggles in life. It is a dangerous prayer because we will have to allow the Holy Spirit to tell us how to conduct ourselves during difficult situations. And, and, and you know, not all the meetings are nice. Not all the meetings are opportunities to grow. All of us face difficult situations in life. Do I want to bring the, the best attitude or do I allow myself to be poisoned by what I believe, what I think? Do I become um, uh, defensive? Or that I, do I open my mind to, under, to an understanding of the situation better? What is your attitude? In Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, there is a declaration that is very impactful, even, even for me, a preacher that goes from place to place, encouraging, inspiring our brothers and sisters in the faith. There in verse 9, you read the following. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth, Picture God looking at the earth, the whole earth. And he says, range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Picture God looking, searching for those who have the right attitude. For those who are willing to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, how can I do it better today? How can I be transformed? How can I change my mind, my heart, my, my learned behaviors, my, my, my responses to certain triggers? How do I uh, do better today? I want to share with you that um, especially with um, in three aspects, and um, 
I don't see apparently the format um, in the computer took away my bullet points, but I have them here because I'm always prepared with a good attitude. Because sometimes when you transfer the um, presentation from one computer to another, uh, the, the format changes. I want to talk to you about three aspects in your life where you might consider growing spiritually and emotionally in your life. Number one in my personal relationship with Christ. That's the most important one. My, my relationship with the Lord. Apostle Paul is saying, let us have a new attitude of your minds and put, uh, put on, on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. By the way, when I read, for the eyes of the Lord are searching the whole earth, looking for fully committed people. King James says, for perfect hearts. That's a translation there. God is searching for people. Those who have perfect hearts towards him. And he wants to bless them. He wants to uh, strengthen them. He wants to forgive them. He wants to um, um, give them a new beginning, a new relationship. In my personal relationship with the Lord, my Lord, is there anything in my life, a habit, attitude, desire, that is negative, negatively affecting my relationship with God? Let us think about that. Is there something in my heart? Is there something in my life that is preventing me from having this intimate relationship with the Lord. The Lord is asking us, change your attitude towards me. Give me a perfect heart. I'm so happy that the Bible doesn't say that God is searching for perfect people. You see? It's not perfect people. We're not perfect. But if my heart is in the right place, if my attitude is in the right place or, or, or pleasing to God, I know that God is searching for me. I know that God is going to use me for the benefit of his kingdom, his church, in my relationships, in my family, at work. What are some changes you must make in your life to be more intentional in spiritual growth and in your relationship with Christ. What is it that I need to stop doing? And what is it that I could do in order to strengthen my relationship with the Lord? It is important that we think about these things. Are there areas in your life, in my life, where you are playing with sin? If the Lord is searching the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are perfect towards him, those who have the right attitude, 
they're not necessarily perfect, but they are trying to be more and more like Jesus. Ellen Chihuahua says, don't believe ever that you're going to be like Jesus in his perfect character. She says that is an abomination to think that you're going to be like him 100% in his perfect character. This is not the message. The message is imperfect people growing spiritually, emotionally, changing their mind and heart and attitude towards God, not playing with seeing every day, allowing God to give us the strength to have, to, to have the victory over sin. What can I do to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit with a Christian perspective in a world that is falling apart from God? What is it that I can do to allow the Holy Spirit to walk with me, to live in me? Jesus said, I will not leave you behind, and you're not going to be alone, he said. I will send the Holy Spirit. He will be with you, in you, teaching you. Convincing you, transforming you, talking to you. Listen to the voice of God talking to you. You don't have to live defeated every day. If we could change our attitude, if we could change the way we develop and nurture our relationship with the Lord, I know that we are taking off the old self and we're putting on a new self, the right attitude towards God. Number two, I want us to think about a new attitude in our relationship with others. First, I said with God. Number two, what does it mean to have a good attitude towards others? You know, thus Jesus summar, um, summarized the, the, the commandments of God, the law in love your God, number one, and then love your... Do I understand and embrace that I need to improve my relationships with others, including those that I don't like, including those that don't think the way I think? It is so sad to see families going in different directions, 
families that have come together for Christmas and Thanksgiving for, for years and now they don't participate because the political environment has split these families in ways that they don't even want to come together. It is so sad. What can I do to improve my relationship with others, with my spouse, my child, parents, friends, co-workers, in Jesus' terms, enemy? Enemy. You know, in the times of Jesus, the enemies were the Roman soldiers, the, the Roman Empire, the Pharisees, those who were imposing things, though the tax collectors. And Jesus is calling them to be part of his kingdom. Apparently, Jesus had a different attitude that is taking our conversation to another level. In my relationships with others, we need to have a good attitude. Is there anyone in your life who has offended you and you have not forgiven this person? Oh, my Lord. The Lord is searching the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Those who are looking at life and ministry with a different attitude. You know, Jesus taught us in his prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and forgive my sins the same way that I forgive others. You know, it, it is conditional. God's forgiveness is conditional to you and me forgiving others. Is there someone in your life that has done something to you that you didn't like? And believe me, I get it. We live in a broken world. There are things that are very hard to forgive. And we never forget. I get it. But the message of our Lord Jesus Christ and this new attitude that the, the, the Paul is saying that we need to put on is asking us to be able to forgive our debtors and, and, to, and to be able to move on from hurt and pain. I'm not saying that we need to be friends with the people or person. I'm saying that the Lord is teaching us to forgive. And then he adds, because if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. Matthew chapter 6. Is there someone that you need to forgive? In this, in this concept of, of putting on a new attitude in Christ, is there someone I can love by moving toward reconciliation? 
Listen to this one. Is there someone I just disagree with? politically or denominationally, and I can build a connection and a friendship with this person. Our society is telling us that we need to hate each other. That's what we hear. That's what our children are taught in our schools, public schools and universities. That we need to hate each other because you have a different opinion. Because you don't like this person or that person. Because we don't agree with doctrine. This person who does not agree with me in doctrine cannot be my friend. I've heard that many times. As a matter of fact, I'm a fourth-generation Adventist, so it goes back to my parents, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents. Been in the church all my life. Why have we developed this attitude towards those who might not think like us, dress like us, eat like us? like the music that we like. It's, like. it's like we are creating silos, islands, where we feel comfortable. And in this concept of having the attitude of Jesus, when you think of Jesus, his life, his ministry, you realize right away that he was eating with sinners. And he was healing the, uh, the, 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 the family of Roman soldiers. And he was healing Gentiles. And he was having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. It's just the opposite. So the, 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 the appeal, the call is, why don't we change our ways, always? And we put on a new attitude, new mind, new heart. This one is particularly important this year because of election year in our country. Christians need to be sensitive to the realities we're living in. And we're not called to hate people. Or push people away. All that we're seeing in the world today are nothing but signs that Jesus is coming soon. So, so if we embrace that truth, we are going to understand that my Christian life, my daily life as a Christian in a world that is, again, falling apart in secularism, in, 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 in wars, in, in, in people who hate each other. In, in all of that is part of the prophecies being fulfilled in front of our eyes. Do you agree with me? 
So none of that is going to disappear. I would argue that it's going to get worse. That's what the Bible teaches. It is going to get worse. People are not going to love each other. People are going to continue hating each other. And the poison of the enemy is to, is to separate people, is to have people hating each other. To have people, you don't, you don't think like I do. I don't like you. You don't believe what I believe. Then, then you don't have the truth. We, we said that many times. I have the truth. You don't. Mercy, Lord. You say that to the young people today, and you know what you're doing? It's pushing them away. I didn't know that Alan owned the truth. And I'm, the only thing I'm trying to convey to you today is that we need to open our minds, our hearts. We need to develop a new attitude that is able to help us do ministry in the world today. To impact the realities of the world today. I was talking to a father this week. He told me, my, my son um, was using drugs. And I, I went there, and I punished him. I punished him. I took away the phone. I took away the car. I took away, I don't know how many things. I think lunch and dinner, too. And I'm listening, broken heart. It would break my heart to see my children going down that path. Of course, it breaks my heart. But I don't believe that this generation will change their behavior if you take the phone away. You're only developing a reaction in this sophisticated minds of our children today that even parents cannot understand their children. You see that I grew up in a world that I was able to have a conversation with my grandfather. This is what I'm trying to say. And I sat down with my father and we spoke, we talked for hours and hours and hours about different topics. And I have to confess to you that I sit down with my children and I don't understand 75% of what they're telling me. So something happened from one generation to another pretty quickly. We haven't been able to keep up, to understand. And that's the, that's the reality. So I now need to develop an attitude that is a friendlier attitude in the way that I talk to the younger minds and generations, that I minister to them that I don't come across like punishing. That I come across like someone who loves, cares, and it is willing to listen and redirect their lives. Oh, we need the Holy Spirit to do this. I can tell you, we're not prepared. I'm not prepared. Only by the power of God in prayer and fasting, 
and asking the Lord to give us the right attitude, we'll be ready to deal with the mind and heart of the younger generations. So am I willing, as I talk about in my relationship with others, am I willing to wear someone else's shoes? Are you willing? That's hard. It's hard. But if we're talking about changing our attitude, we're going to have to think about these things. And as I go from church to church, encouraging, inspiring our brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming soon. Don't be afraid of anything. What you're seeing in the world today is nothing but the preamble of what is going to happen. Get ready. Jesus is coming. I also have to tell them, we have to get ready to be able to finish the work, the job that was assigned to this church. Number one, to proclaim a Savior, a Lord Jesus Christ. And number two, to proclaim to the world that Jesus is coming again. In order to do that, you need to be willing to wear someone else's shoes. Because your message will fall flat if you do not develop a relationship with your listeners, with your audience, with your children, with your family, with your co-workers. And finally, in this concept of a new attitude, how is it that I can change my attitude in my service to the Lord and His church? So number one, how is it that I can do better in my relationship with the Lord? Number two, how is it that I can do better in my relationship with others? And finally, I want to share with you, how can I change my attitude towards the church? That I love. That's the only thing I know. I can, I can share with you so many difficult and painful moments of my journey in this beautiful church. But I decided to change my attitude. Instead of talking about the difficult and painful moments and situations in my journey in this beautiful church, I want to tell you how beautiful this church is, how wonderful this church is. How biblical the message is. The hope that we proclaim to the world. So I need to change my attitude. Instead of being negative towards the church. Instead of saying, well, Lord, uh, I don't know what is happening. I don't know the church. Because I come from a, a different um, um, reality. Or, or from, from other uh, uh, viewpoints. Uh, points or perspectives or, or even I come from another country and now I find myself in Naples or in Orlando or in Miami. Think about Miami. New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. How can I serve the church not imposing my attitude but allowing the Holy Spirit to use me. I want to be a tool in God's hands. Amen. 
You know, all of us are priests in the church of God. And as priests, we were consecrated. Like in the Old Testament, the priests were consecrated. Like the tools in the sanctuary were consecrated. All of us are special tools in God's hands. Only if I had the right attitude. So do I understand and embrace the cardinal truth that I'm here to serve the kingdom of God and not the other way around? It is not my kingdom. It is not my church. It is not what I think. It is not what I like. I belong to a world church that is now 22 million people around the world. What a beautiful congregation of saints that Jesus is going to come very soon to take us home. Now, I need to open my understanding to that. That I believe to a family of God, not the other way around, is not what I want. How and what do I want to do to improve my service to the Lord in a specific function that I perform for the Lord as deacons, as, as elders, as pastors, evangelists, worship directors. What is it that I can, can do better? What is it that I don't need to do anymore? That's, that's fair. You know, nothing is less productive than to try to make Effective, something that should not be done at all. As leaders, tools in God's hands, what is it that with the right heart, the perfect heart and the right attitude, I need to maybe sunset, I need to sunset this because I'm trying to make this something that should not necessarily be there in the first place. I encounter these situations every day as a, as a leader in God's church. Well, pastor, we have done it like this for 40 years. Well, pastor, um, if we continue um, with this, we can make it excellent. You're trying to make something excellent, something that should not be there in the first place. But we keep putting resources in there, and time, and energy. We're fighting for these territories and ideas. What is it? If we had the right attitude and a perfect heart towards God, the Lord is going to reveal to us what is it that is relevant, significant, versus the things that are not that we continue to perform, we continue to support and fund when they produce nothing. Teamwork is always better, I wrote here. My final point is, enjoy your journey serving the Lord and his church. Are you enjoying being part of God's family? Do you enjoy being part of this 
beautiful church that proclaims that Jesus is coming again. When you come to worship, do you enjoy worship? Do you bring your heart? Are you becoming the living sacrifice that Paul is talking to in Romans chapter 12? Living sacrifices for the Lord. You don't have, we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. We don't have to shed blood anymore. Now you and me, we are the perfect living sacrifice presented before the throne of God in heaven every time we come together to worship. Do you enjoy worship? Do you enjoy working for the Lord? Do you enjoy a volunteering time for the Lord? I pray that with a good attitude and a new attitude, we're able to see what the Lord wants us to do and to be. And I conclude my remarks with a with a um, I'm not sick, by the way. This is allergy or something. I have gone through all the flus that are out there, including COVID five times. So, yeah. So don't don't be afraid. I'm I'm good. I'm also excited. Let me conclude with this. Ellen G. White is talking. The Review and Herald, April 12, um, 1892. She's saying, let no one, let none feel that their way needs no changing. She's, talk she's talking to the church. This is revelation from God, I believe. It is so on point. She is saying, let none feel that their way needs no changing. Those who decide thus are not fitted to engage in the work of God. For they will not feel the necessity of pressing in a constant way towards a higher standard, making continual improvement those who are looking unto Jesus, growing up into him, gather from him light and grace that they may diffuse to others. So we become a reflection of the character of Jesus. May the light of Jesus shine everywhere you are. May the words of Jesus be heard every time you open your mouth. May the heart of Jesus be felt when you forgive, when you confess, when you repent, when you come to the Lord looking for transformation and reconciliation with him. So I finish where I started. You were taught you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. My dear church, I pray this prayer every morning. 
Because I want, I want the Lord to change my heart. I want the Lord to change my attitude. I want the Lord to teach me how he wants me to be. The words that I need to share with others. How I am going to treat others. My children, my family, my church family. The pastors that I share ministry with, all of them. The beautiful, faithful church that we have in our association. I want the Lord to change my heart. I pray every day. I know, Lord, that you're looking at an imperfect person. But as you search the whole earth, I pray that you find my heart in the right place. Because if my heart is in the right place, then everything that the gospel offers is going to be a reality in my life. Ultimately, salvation, redemption, transformation, and reconciliation with the Lord. How many of you are going to meditate on, on what I've shared with you this morning? How many of you are going to go home and say, Lord, I, I want to think about this. Is my heart in the right place towards you? Is my attitude, the attitude of my mind, in the right place? Is it a good attitude? Am I rebelling against you or am I walking towards fulfilling your purpose for me? Am I obeying you and your will? But I'm walking away from you. How is it your relationship with the Lord? How is it your relationship with others? How's your relationship with the church? May the Lord help us meditate on these things. They are profound. Some of them are difficult even to think about. But I'm calling you today. Open your heart. Open your ears to the influence of the Holy Spirit. It is my prayer. And as I said at the beginning, this message is for me. Because I want you to see Jesus in me. And I want you to see that I have the right attitude and that my heart, my heart is perfect towards my Lord. I pray every day that that be the transformation that God is operating in my life. God bless you. Let us sing together. Before I conclude, while we sing together, if there's someone here who needs special prayer, if you're dealing with a difficult situation, if you want to say to the Lord today, I need to change 
my attitude towards you, Lord. If there's someone who wants to surrender their heart to God in a way that here I am, Father. I believe in miracles. I believe that you can do it. I believe that you can help me. I don't have to trigger these responses and learn behaviors anymore. You can help me change my ways. You can help me be different. You can change my life. There's someone who needs help from the Lord. There's someone who wants a special prayer today. Come to the front. Not only for you, but maybe for your children. Maybe from, for someone that you want to pray for. Your, your spouse. Your relationships with your family. At work. Bring your need to the Lord. I'm going to ask Pastor Art to have this final prayer for your flock, for your people. The Lord gave you this congregation for you to be the shepherd pastor. And again, you pray for me too. I'm the first one to come forward. I need the Lord to transform my life. So let us sing together. And if you need special prayer for healing, for forgiveness, for reconciliation, come, come to the front and let us pray together.